Hi, I'm Jeremy. I'm Chris. And I'm Jamal. Hey, we have a guest. Oh, our first guest. Welcome to the Audio Buffet. Well, as you heard, there is a third person here, and that's uh, Jamal, and he's our first guest on the show. We're so excited to have you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Uh, big fan of the show. I've been listening for a little bit here, so glad to be here. Excellent. Excellent. We're glad to have you. Yeah, glad to have you. And we have beer in front of us. We do. And actually, this is another first. This is our first Imperial IPA. Yes. Imperial India Pale Ale. Yes, indeed. And this one is brought to us from New Belgium and uh, is called Rampant. Yep. It's got a pretty cool label. It's got, looks like a king's crown or something. I guess that would be an emperor's crown, maybe? Yes. Covered in uh, hops, Beautiful. vines. That, that's actually pretty cool. And it's easy to grow hops, too. They're almost like a weed. Yeah, that's what I hear. It's kind of neat, simple. New Belgium does good with that stuff. Yeah. I like the bottle also. Yeah, yep. D- definitely. A L- little different, that extra stripe at the top. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So we're going to go through our acronym, which is LAST, and the first step is LOOK. We're going to look at it. So look at it. Amber. Yep. An amber beer. It's a nice, rich amber. Mm-hmm. It's very. It's got great clarity to it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not a, uh, a beer with a lot of sediment in it. No, no, definitely. It's very uh, pure looking. It's a clear amber. Yeah. Oh, color. yes. I-, I love the carbonation, too. It's mm-hmm. been very consistent since you bored it. Nice. It's very nice. So, amber is a great descriptive word for the color of this thing. What would you give it on the SRM scale? Standard reference method. On the SRM scale, I'd give it between an 11 or 12. What do you think, Jamal? I'm leaning towards a 10, 11 now. And it's just very, it's a very pretty color. It's very nice. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's about where I am, too. Yeah. All right, and we will go to our next step, which is agitate. Now, the reason we agitate, in case you haven't been listening for very long or you just plain old forgotten, because we don't say it every time, is to release some of the aromas and the extra flavor characteristics of the beer itself. We release the aromatic molecules into the air so that we can smell them upon our nose palate. It works. Yep. And that leads us directly into the S in our acronym, which is smell. Smell. I do get a, a hint of citrus. Yeah, I can see that. Slightly, for sure. But very, very earthy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Smells green. Yeah, almost floral. Mm-hmm. Yes. Way. Great smell. Yeah, very nice. Very complex smell. It does feel like spring. I like it. Now we go to the best part of our last acronym, and that is taste. taste. Woohoo! That's really nice. The finish is super dry. Yeah, it's almost like having a, a brute champagne extra dry. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So smooth, though. It, throughout the entire thing, it's been very smooth for me. Yeah. And it's been a little bit since I've had a, a nice, healthy, hoppy beer. Mm-hmm. But this is nice. Yeah, that dry finish is really characteristic of IPAs, but particularly Imperial IPAs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason for that is they just, they go ridiculous on the hops when they're making an Imperial IPA. The original reason for that is they wanted to make sure that the beer that they were sending from England to the Russian emperor at the time didn't get skunked, didn't go bad right. by the time it got there. Yep, so add a bunch of uh, hops to mm-hmm. it. And it'll preserve the beer for longer. That's so, good. Okay. So by virtue of the fact that it is an Imperial IPA, it's going to have that drier, more bitter characteristic to it. 
made for a king. Okay. Well, that would explain the, uh, the, the alcohol content. Yep. So. Yeah. Because it does continue to ferment as well. Yeah. What is the alcohol content since we brought that up? Alcohol by volume. Well, shows to be 8.5, everyone. 8.5. You look, if you remember it in the stores or you listen to other episodes, typically you're looking at between about five and six mm-hmm. for most American beers. Yep. So this is substantial. Yeah. You don't want to sit down and finish off a six pack by yourself. Yes, these things. this is not a guzzler. <laughs> no, <laughs> you, will, you should sip on this and enjoy it. Enjoy it exactly. Yep. And that's the thing with all of these beers that we try, with two exceptions that I can think of. <clears throat> if you're gonna drink, drink responsibly. Correct. And if you're gonna drink, you need to enjoy what you're drinking. If you don't enjoy it, then you shouldn't drink it because exactly. then you're just drinking it for the alcohol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just stupid and dangerous and self-destructive yeah absolutely but one thing i will say about the abv on this particular brew uh the abv matches on the website and on the bottle well done new belgium so, wow last yeah. episode i listened to there were three different listings for the, <laughs> yeah, for the yeah. ABV. but it matches on uh new belgium's website and on the beer bottle so good job new belgium congrats make sure beer advocate agrees okay yes. checking and checking w- while you check that the to just re-highlight the expiration date being the 14th of June of this year is very interesting hmm. because it tastes so fresh that it's almost as though they are, they, do they give you some type of freshness guarantee? Because that's that's a very early expiration date. It is. And beer actually does expire, which is a weird thing. It's not like a wine where, you know, you think wines get better with age. Better with, age. with beer, you actually want to drink it in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, it even agrees on Beer Advocate. So we have complete agreement on the ABV. A trifecta of ABV. <laughs> That's <Amazing>. right. <laughs> the triple crown of agreement. <laughs> so it is confirmed to be 8.5% there we go. across the board. Okay, so we have covered the SRM. We have covered the ABV. What about the IBUs? We've already commented on the fact that it has a very bitter, dry taste to it. But what is the actual rating for the International Bitterness Units? International Bitterness Units. 85, it looks to be. Wow. 85. And that's actually pretty high because it goes from 0 to 100, right? On the IBU scale? Yeah. So that's actually pretty bitter. Yeah, that's that's way up there, which means our tongues weren't lying. So, <laughs> hooray for that. Thank yeah, you, Honest I, Tongues. I believe that number. And it's actually very surprising based on the taste versus the color. I would expect it to be a little darker of a beer, mm-hmm. but it, I love the way it comes together. It's, it's true. Solid. Looking at just the color, you would think it would be uh, sweeter. Yes. Yep. Yes. And I do see they said there's some heavy peach tones. Yes, I do get the peach tones. I get the, and actually the website does give the peach tones to the aroma and also lemon, citrus, and the floral hop aroma. Sweet. So we were right. Yeah. Yes. I love it when we're right. I know. (laughs) We're getting good at this. (laughs) Keep practicing. It's beer education, folks. This has been Beer Education with Chris and Jeremy. Tune in next time for another riveting lesson. And now, on with the show. And we're on to the next segment of our show, and we still have Jamal here with us. Hello, hello. Yeah. I'm still here, too. And Chris, you, of course you're here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We haven't done a technology show in a while, and I thought, hey, let's do some updates on that. Yeah. And the interesting thing about so much of what's going on in the world right now is we're witnessing a large part of history kind of in the making as we're here, whether it be technology or cultural history, the things that are going on today, the advances that we're making are really 
going to affect wherever we go. That's true. And as in the past, they've affected where we've come to this point with computers that used to be in a giant room and now they're in our pocket. Yeah. And yeah. The, the rate of change of technology nowadays is just incredible. Yes. Just how fast from last year to this year is the equivalent from 1920 to 1935. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really bizarre. So there was something that you were talking about earlier that... Um, that was really interesting. It was the Amazon drones. Yeah, there's actually been a lot of controversy surrounding the whole idea of drones. Like, are they compromising our privacy as individual citizens? Are they, is this a security concern? Is um, someone going to shoot them out of the sky? Right. And it's, for some of these drones, they're really, really expensive. Mm -hmm. Well, I think a big part of what you're saying also is that some of these drones are becoming more autonomous. Well, it seems as though Amazon wants to use it for good. So, well, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. I guess it depends on what you're buying. <laughs> we hope <Yeah>. so. <laughs> but yeah, recently the FAA has kind of given a green light to Amazon to begin testing these drones as delivery vehicles to customers that have bought stuff on Amazon. Which I think is neat because, uh, well, here we have an Amazon facility that's not too far away. So what if, what if I were to order something? Mm -hmm. And maybe two or three hours later, all of a sudden it's at my doorstep and I haven't ready to go. I didn't have to leave my house. All I do is go on the computer, jump on Amazon and purchase it. Well, absolutely. I think that's one of the ways that the drone technology connects with what they are trying to do. You know, they already have same day delivery in oh, some yeah. markets. Mm -hmm. Yacht, New York. Exactly. And they're testing out one hour delivery. Which is what? crazy. Yeah, yeah. One hour delivery. I think it's in New York. Dude, if I'm not more than likely. I, I don't know, but... An hour, you're going to need something like that where you can just, you know, jump over the highways, jump over the trees. Right. Yeah. You make it here without having to deal with traffic. Right. And you're yeah. right. We are in a great position having the distri distribution facility. Yeah. Especially with it being so close. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. That uh, would be especially useful in New York with all of the, the traffic mm -hmm. that's there. Oh, oh yeah. yes. But then you run into the problem of New York has a pretty reasonably restricted airspace. Yeah. Well, it would have to probably be automated, wouldn't it? I would wouldn't think, you think so. Or that would be a job that someone has at that facility would be the drone operator. Maybe. I think that that type of technology, because that's software, that's something that you might be able to distribute along the way or develop further down the road. Mm -hmm. That's almost sounding like a caveat you might give the FAA to say that, oh, well, we do have someone watching this one. They are watching that camera the yeah. entire flight. If something does happen, we have immediate... Not just, you know, a computer saying, we're going down. Yeah. <laughs> a person saying, yeah, it just went to that I'm gonna, tree. I'm going to take over. It's going to be hard to find. Yeah, because they have to recover it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I think that it works to their favor mm -hmm. to develop it slowly. I think it would work in the government's favor, too, because like. Jobs. Yeah, jobs. It, cre it would mm -hmm. create jobs um, for the, the drone operator. And it could also be revenue for the county or the state. Yeah. Like, let's say you need to get a, a drone license. Yeah. Like you have your forklift uh, certificate or your CDLs or anything. You'd have to have your drone. That's a good drone point. License. Indeed. Probably have to have a certain number of training hours, just like getting a pilot's <laughs> yeah, license. Flying hours. <laughs> I kind of imagine the, uh, the drone monitor or the drone operator that works for Amazon being kind of like an air traffic controller yeah. in a way to where just, you know, a red light would start flashing if something went off its course that was mm -hmm. probably largely automated by satellite. So people are trying to do good things with drones, which mm -hmm. is good because, you know, if we have a technology, it has equal potential for doing good and for doing evil. 
Um, another good use of drone technology that I've recently heard about, and I don't have a lot of details about it, but I've heard that they're looking into planting thousands of trees using drones as the means to do the planting. Oh, I so don't know how that would work. If I you're guess they would be burying like, or oh, it may not bury it. I would think. Uh, I don't know. If I had to think about it, it would be like a payload of some sort. They would just drop in the air like in the forest or something well i like that because you could have some type of weighted bottom on it so Mm -hmm. that it'll drop in one direction and it's heavy enough that it will drop further enough down into the ground for it to actually germinate Mm. that that could be you might have called it or it could be dangerous spike on the bottom (laughs) (laughs) you get this drone dropping lawn darts in a park (laughs) (laughs) poor campers (laughs) A huge fleet of, you know, 30 of them in a row. You know, they're planning out a whole garden. Timmy, watch out. Or just the payload of acorns. It's raining acorns. Well, I've seen these drones that they can even be controlled from like an iPhone or your iPad. Uh, or whatever kind of smart device you happen to be using. So if you think about that, the mobility of these things can be increased that much more. You know, if you can be anywhere and control it from, you know, that again, that computer that's chilling in your pocket all day, every day, then, you know, you can do pretty much whatever you want. Hobbyists, you can go down to Hobby Lobby, drop a couple hundred bucks and get a pretty decent baseline drone. Mm-hmm. That just opens up a whole new world of possibility, especially with what Apple is rolling out right now with the uh, with the Apple Watch. That mm-hmm. makes it even more mobile than a phone because that one's actually strapped to your person all the time instead of just in a pocket. Mm-hmm. The first thing that we have to mention about the Apple Watch are the prices. <laughs> Out of my range. Before before it, we know it's a watch and we've uh, we've we're all kind of have an idea of what they could possibly do telling time <laughs> being one of them. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> maybe, yeah. Uh, t- uh, notifications like weather, a text message, mm-hmm. or a call coming through. How would that work? Okay, I-, I was looking at this actually last night. And is that going to be like strictly Bluetooth? Because I don't really want to hold my wrist up to my head like while I'm talking to somebody. That just seems kind of <laughs> not very user-friendly if i've it got would look a, funny it, <laughs> putting your ear oh, you can't see me right now but i'm putting my wrist to my head just to see what that would be like looks like a cat cleaning its head but actually that goes into what you were saying earlier jamal uh just the the rate of technological advance do you remember the old old dick tracy comics oh yes oh you yes. know calling dick tracy calling oh, dick yeah. tracy and he had that video communicator on it was huge wrist. it was jimongous <laughs> it was <laughs> the fake version mm-hmm. you know they were trying to pretend it was real and right. it was huge so now we've got this thing that's smaller than some of the big faced watches that are out there yes by a lot yeah and it can do so much more but one thing that's not small about these is the price that's true uh, Especially if you want the golden diamond version. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> we'll we'll go in. I'll go in order of price from lowest uh, to biggest. From so, out of my price range to whoa. Yeah, really out of my price range. <laughs> By the way, all of these watch faces are pretty much the same except for the color. The sport band model starts at three hundred and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. With and they have interchangeable bands, so you can buy the different bands, and that's for the 38 millimeter. You can also get the bigger face, which is 42 millimeters, and that one is 399 dollars for the the sport edition. 
That's not terrible if you think in terms of just watches in general. Yeah, I mean, my watch that I have now was probably in that range, and it just tells me the time and the date. Yeah. The The next model is the watch edition. The watch edition starts out at $549 for the 38 millimeter. The oh, 42 millimeter with a bigger face is $599, essentially 600 bucks. Hmm. So, That's uh, about the price of the uh, 16 gig model for the uh, iPhone 6 Plus, wasn't it? Oh, I wow. believe Actually, so. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Whoa. And there's the Watch Edition. Now okay. this this is the uh, this is the fancy <laughs> of the fancy. Uh, this is available in eight models, and what's different about it is that the rim on the outside of it is 18 karat gold. All right. Huh. It looks nice. Yeah, it looks great. But oh, just the 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 lower version, the smaller version, the okay. thirty eight millimeter version is only ten thousand dollars. Oh, okay. is that all? Only, okay. only. Okay. Uh, the forty two millimeter version is twelve thousand dollars. Oh, so you know, twelve. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's not bad at all, right? Reasonable price. It really if you're buying a car and and the thirty eight millimeter eighteen karat gold yellow with the bright red modern buckle is only seventeen thousand dollars. I've heard that there's one even a step up from that one, though. Yeah, there's the gold watch with the gold band, and I don't have that here on the on the computer mm-hmm. uh, in front of me, uh, but that one, I believe, is $20,000, but you get to go into the store and have your own personal experience of trying it on and all of that stuff, so uh, it's $20,000 worth of, you know, going walking into a store. I don't need to try it on if it's going to cost me an extra three grand. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the old school Rolexes... If you were going to buy a Rolex, they would fly someone out to you oh, to wow. show it to you. I heard a story on a podcast recently where the guy was saying that he was living in the middle of nowhere in Canada. And the guy flew in, came down on his property. and Oh, yeah, that's of, right. Yes, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah, I yes, remember that story. I can't story. remember which one. Wow. Yeah, and apparently, he, I guess he still had the watch too, but, yes. they, um, but it never fogged up or anything like that. Never had a problem with it. Mm-hmm. still worked. It was from hmm. like the... 30s 40s or something like that. just a long time ago Jeez. and still never had to put a battery in it that's really still impressive works. wow yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I gotta say that is pretty dang crazy you at least feel better about spending so yes much. yeah right are they also including like a massage when you come <laughs> <laughs> and uh wine tasting exactly uh, a bottle of don Therion. Uh, <laughs> 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 no those are all fake i'm just joking. a day ago apparently the twenty thousand dollar gold apple watch edition Sold out in China in less than an hour. Jeez. So someone is buying these things. Is this the one that also has uh, diamonds encrusted? No, there's no diamonds. <laughs> I heard there was a diamond edition, though. <laughs> there might be. <laughs> I haven't heard anything about it. That's just nuts, man. But it, There's it's a lot sold of money out. in China, though. Yeah. I, I, don't, I yeah. don't know if a lot of people think about it, but a, a buddy of mine was living out there for a few years, and there's a lot of people with yeah. it. It, mm-hmm. it makes you feel as though there's more widespread wealth in China than in the United States, even though, of course, they have over a billion people who are in the outlands and mm-hmm. are fully impoverished. Mm-hmm. At least the number of individuals with, you know, upwards of a million dollars is yeah. much higher out there. I mean, this the city's growing like crazy anyway. So Shanghai, where my friend lived, I mean, he said, you can't really walk outside because you can't breathe, but... <laughs> But you can pay people to walk outside for you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Oh, man. Jeez, man. The one thing about it, especially with it having a full color display, is how long does the battery last on this thing? That's a good question. And how do you charge them? Is, uh, is I it think wireless charging? It, yeah, I think it's wireless charging. You okay. sit it on like whatever device they have for charging. But also, it's doing a bunch of things at the same time, like data and possibly GPS. I would think it would have GPS. I would hope so. And yeah. Bluetooth being on. Right. Sure you have to use a Bluetooth LE of some sort. I don't know everything that the watch can really do. Well, I would imagine that it would do pretty much anything that your phone can do. Otherwise, they wouldn't be getting the kind of response that they're getting just because if it's... You know, watch that has apps. Oh, okay. Health I, and fitness. I can understand that. Yeah. It would be nice because, you know, you wouldn't have to have that extra armband when you go for a run or whatever. Right. You can just do the map my run directly on your watch and you're good to go. True. True. But yeah, you can sketch something to your friend with it. So if you... if On a person, 38 millimeter screen, that sketch is going to look like a two-year-old it, drew it. Yep. Pretty much. You can also tap it, tap out a pattern and send it to your friend. So you can send Morse code. Morse code. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, this is a technological advancement. Uh-huh. And the heartbeat. Out of here. <laughs> Can't talk right now. Whoa. What do you want for dinner? I don't know, man. It yep. sounds to me like it's a lot of bells and whistles for a lot of money. Yep. I don't know. I'm not sold on the idea yet. I I'm, will say yet. I'm not sold on the idea of a watch that just sends me notifications. You know, I mean, if, if I have to text text something back, I'm probably going to have to pull out my phone anyway. Unless you use the swipe. So, yeah, there's the Apple Watch news. Interesting. I'm not completely sold. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Yeah. I just don't have a solid opinion yet, I think. Mm. I'd have to see cool. uses. Yeah, yeah, it could be cool, but nothing about it attracts me. It's still kind of gimmicky. Even though I think it's gimmicky, I think people will buy it. Oh, definitely. It's an Apple product. Clearly, the fact that it sold out so quickly in China is an indication that there's a and market the, out there for it. And the watch edition sold right. out in China. Those are like the $10,000, $17,000 true. ones. Yeah. Wow. Well, speaking... Speaking of ahead of its time, there's been such a flurry of autonomous driving vehicle news in the ether recently. That's true. There's been a vehicle now, an autonomous vehicle that has driven from California to New York City, 99% on its own. Wow. That is crazy. That is mostly highways, but it made it. Hmm. Proof of concept. This is the beginning. The one thing that I think about that is i'm ready for it and i'm pretty sure you guys are ready for it i want to sit in my seat and read a book or play a game and yeah. not have to worry about driving or something like that absolutely but is the rest of the world ready, really ready for it yeah because it would be a mesh of autonomous driving vehicles and people that are still driving i think that it would get to the level where it may be highways where you're required to be driven by the car hmm. And yeah, there could be a special lane, kind of like they have the HOV lanes now for high occupancy cars and stuff to save congestion on the roadways. You could have a separate lane where it's just autonomous vehicles. Definitely. It would save energy, whether it's uh, fuel Mm -hmm. or electrical charge. It would save traffic accidents. It would save time because after a certain point, these vehicles could travel at a higher rate of speed. That's true. Yeah. You know, a computer reacts much faster, so it could have several benefits from what i can yeah. see it, it I, looks exciting to me you're right uh, i think looking over at that lane if like let's say you were driving down the road and you were driving your car and then you look over at the uh 
the autonomous driving lane mm-hmm. and you see all these people like doing something else. I expect to look over into those lanes and, you know, see the driver, quote unquote driver, just kind of completely asleep. <laughs> drool coming out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah. yes. Head backwards on the seat. Like, oh my gosh, that, that guy's he's asleep at the wheel. Oh, no, he's fine. Wait, there is no steering wheel in that car. What the heck? <laughs> I've actually heard that the Google car, the driverless car, uh, has never had an accident that was its fault unless it was operated by a human. Yeah, human intervention. While it was on autonomous drive, it never got in an accident that was its Mm -hmm. fault. I know I'm a good driver, whether it's on a motorcycle or in a car. I can't necessarily... But it's everyone else. Exactly. That's a thing. Mm -hmm. Like I almost got ran off the road once by a Mack truck. Uh, Yeah, that was scary. That's a whole story. (laughs) (laughs) But... uh, I know I'm a good driver and I can react to that, but I can't guarantee that everybody else is looking for me. Mm-hmm. When you talk about like accidents and stuff like that, when autonomous vehicles do come into play, is there going to be a need for car insurance? That's a good question. That sorry. So would that would would that industry stop that from happening? Hmm. That is fantastic point. Now, if you do have an autonomous vehicle and it's currently under driverless mode or whatever they end up calling it. And it does get into an accident, and it's that car's fault for whatever reason. Say there was a glitch. Who's liable? I'm gonna play the role of the insurance agent. Did you update to the newest software? Ooh, yes. Oh, do you dude. have new tires? So the vehicle essentially will have to be maintained by the responsible party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it'd be almost like the Teslas. You know, I think it's every two years they have to go in for a checkup and now they're free, but at first they were like 300 bucks. Okay. But maybe it's not so much that you're only leasing the vehicles, but like Tesla, even after you buy it, you get that maintenance and that's maybe your certification to be in the auto lane or that type of fast speed automatic driving lane. You know, maybe when you're about to turn into it, you have an authorization. Like when was your last check? Clink. clink. Hmm. Uh, Is your, you have the newest firmware. Yeah, so it'd be like going through a toll plaza. Mm -hmm. I guess that would basically be uh, an additional type of inspection for that car. Yeah, automation inspection or something like that. But it would happen every time you got on the road. Yeah, so that sticker on your windshield would have a little microchip in there. Mm -hmm. Right. Or it would change. It would be a hologram on on the windshield. And it would give you a big green check mark, and it go ding ding, and then the gate yeah. opens, and then then you, your steering wheel goes into the dashboard, and then you just take off. Yeah, that's the crazy part too. The new versions of the Google vehicles don't have steering wheels at all now. Man, that's so scary. So though. you I, can't I take want, control. I would Not still want that though. But if you think about that too, and that's the oh, other point. You know, there are lots of means of travel where people have no control over yeah. where they're going. It's yeah, the city buses. Airplanes. Those don't even have seat belts. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. City buses, school buses for crying out loud. Yeah, we they put don't our kids on these things. There's no seat belts in there. No seat belts on the yellow banana. And no they one. can't control where the car is going or what it's doing. That's true. You could get, you know, one of the the GRTC, the Richmond public transit bus. And you know, what's to stop that guy from driving over the side of a bridge and careening the whole van into the James River? There's no way for passengers on a city bus to control what their vehicle is doing. They're yeah. doing exactly what we would be doing in these autonomous vehicles, but they would just be putting their faith someplace else instead of another human operator that they would be putting it in. To ones and zeros. Yeah. And the fact that the technician who did the last checkup did their job well. Oh, yeah. So maybe it's separate tiers of this. Maybe there are different tiers that they would try to separate it into to say, oh, okay, well, the roads are insured for the automated vehicle software Hmm. as long as you're not using a homebrew. 
you know? Right. Yeah. Then get an aftermarket automated. It's a scary thought. But, you know, I think we're going to get there eventually. Mm -hmm. To me, the best possible way that that could go is if we did not have our own cars. Like, let's say you were at home and you scheduled in the morning. I have to be at work at nine o'clock. A car comes and picks you up. That is not yours. It's community shared. So you're not wasting emissions and adding pollutants into the environment. That car comes and picks you up, takes you to work. And then that car is, has a, its next stop for someone else to pick them up and take them maybe to the grocery store or something like that. Automated taxi service. A- automated taxi. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. So that we wouldn't have to have, all have our own cars because why does every family need like two cars? Hmm. We could share this whole system. Thus, that would give government something to work on as well, which would create jobs because you'd have to be the automated car mechanic or something like of that sort. And then the roads and then taking care of the software. And then you wouldn't have to worry about the insurance because, you know, it's a, it's public transportation. Sure. Sure. Well guys, I think we've covered a lot of information in this episode. A whole gambit of information. (laughs) And I think it's been, uh, I think it's been, you know, pretty enlightening. Yeah, uh, actually, Jamal. Thanks uh, for joining us today. I've Thank you so enjoyed much. Enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you, and it was great having you as our first guest. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to say, sir? Appreciate the time here, and this has been fun. I love what you guys put together. I am a listener, so I wonderfully happy to be a part of it. Excellent. Awesome. Uh, but just as Jamal listens to us, go on to iTunes, go on to Stitcher. You can also give us a five-star rating on iTunes, write a review. You can go to theaudiobuffet.com, go to the talkback link, type in a couple of clickety-clacks, and you'll be well on your way to sending us a comment or a show suggestion. Yep. You can also contact us through email if you'd rather do it that way. We're theaudiobuffet at gmail.com. And, uh... We'll see you next time. See you guys. Bye. 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 Bring us today. It's yesterday's tomorrow. Oh, you can back and still borrow. One sweet moment from the hands of death. Today. It's yesterday's tomorrow.